0: Roger's album, By Roger's album. Jesus. <laughs> Embrace capitalism, Roger.
1: Okay, I will. Come over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me a big auntie Roger a kiss. Auntie Roger? Yeah, we well, just said that you were a good girl, so. Yeah. I supposed to set myself up with that one, didn't I? You did a little bit. Anyway, hello. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're here today to do a bit of a special um, uh, episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, Not with weekly songs, necessarily, there will be a few, Um, but just to talk about Roger's album, which he has coming out.
1: Yes, it's called Next Week in Munster, and it's coming out fairly soon. It features some of the weekly songs, but as you just said, Declan, um, this episode isn't going to feature us writing songs we wrote, which we wrote in a week, which is probably actually thinking about it, why we're not as uh, sort of pent up and stressed as normal because usually we come into an episode we're like, no, a bit nervous.
0: Yeah, but then we also have to make a bit more of an effort to get it right, whereas, you know, anyone who's just heard the introduction we've just done, you know, all that momentum we built up with the last like, set of podcast gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway, everyone, like, everyone, like, tuned into this episode thought, what the hell are they on? And where can I get some? Um, but yeah, so uh, next week in Munster.
1: Yes, next week in Munster is the name of my uh, my album. I kind of think of it was my second one.
0: Because you, I think, you know um, I mean. Because you've done like a couple of EP length projects before, like Northcroft and. Uh... Uh, Skeletons, I believe Mm. Which we don't talk about No, we don't talk about skeletons You don't talk about
1: Everybody go and check it out It's awful
0: It It is amazing Um, It's not what you'd expect From modern Roger Heathers But you always sort of Consider your first album To be uh, I was going to call it Shark Side of the Moon To your heart's content
1: Yes, to your heart's content I kind of consider it To be the first one uh, which is one, I think it was 2017 I released it.
0: Uh, that makes sense, yeah.
1: I remember because all the old Facebook, you know, you get memories come from Facebook and all yeah. the ones from, like, the, the event that you and Sam made me put on. You remember that? The launch pro- That was great. <laughs> well, that was one of those things where, like, somebody said to me, oh, you, you're you putting out our albums soon. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, and we, we were at this bar we used to play at Open Mic back, back when we lived at Cornwall. Number 20, yeah. And, you know, we met loads of good people there and everything. And we were all sat around the table one evening and somebody went, I think it might have been Sam, but you were, like, right next to him, like, completely agree. You're like, oh, you should put on an album launch event here. And I was like, oh, you know, no, I'm not not going to do that. And due to the power of persistent pestering... Peer pressure. Yeah. Peer pestering. Uh,
0: we managed to uh, persuade you to put on a show.
1: Yeah, you, you kind of brought up the conversation topic quite loudly with the uh, the bar girl there and kind of made me put it in the
0: diary as far as I remember. Um, Well, that would have been Sam doing that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, probably. uh, Hi, Sam, by the way. Uh, Hi, Sam. Yeah, we're just picking on you at the moment just because you're not here and you can't answer back. Um,
1: But no, I'm very grateful for that. So that was the first one. I'm just saying, I remember that was 2017, so...
0: Yeah, which... um, Two years ago. Which was uh, your sort of Prince album in that it's all performed, all composed, all arranged, uh, everything done by you. Uh, Yeah, so the drumming is subpar. (laughs) I would not say that. Listen to Clover, it's great. Um, I should know, I was there in the room when you were recording it. Um, Which is a bit of a different approach to uh, the uh, way you've done it this time around with guest musicians. But I'm sort of getting a bit ahead of myself. Um, Professional interviewer number one, everybody. I like it when when Declan sort of plays interviewer. Because I'm uncomfortable because I'm
1: being questioned about things. But Declan has to be a little uncomfortable too. (laughs)
0: Mm. Um, I suppose the first right. thing to ask is really, um, why album number two now? Um, well, the way I do most
1: of the projects I, I release, whether it's an EP or an album or a hip-hop tape or whatever it is, um, it's always just, do I have enough songs? So usually a project builds momentum, we're like, we'll, we'll do the weekly song podcast and we'll come to the them songs and then we have seven songs at the end of each cycle, for those who don't already know. And uh, out of those seven, there's usually a few which I'm like, okay, those are keepers and then I'll write outside of the cycle as well.
0: It depends which gets the biggest reaction in the room when we do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sort of thing, yeah. And then, so the songs just kind of tend to stack up and eventually I always kind of listen to the songs from over the year and like just see what I like and what I don't like. And sometimes they kind of have common themes depending on what they were written about and at the time they were written... Um, so, to answer the question, why why now, um, I got to a point where I was like, I had a kind of vague concept in my head, or at least, like, a topic to write about, you know? Mm. And so I was like, okay, I think I've got, like, five songs here, about well, six songs here, and then we just kept on writing, we did the podcast again, I was like, I've got a good six or seven songs, then I wrote some more to fill in the gaps and make it a ten-track album, and then... Just now I've got enough. So it's basically just like once there's enough stock, it's time to move it out so that there's room for the next thing.
0: And you'd already done your winter tape uh, as a winter tape seven. You'd done maybe on board last year, and you have done winter tape six, I think, before your last album. Yeah. Citation needed. Um, yeah, and as I alluded to before, you've taken a bit of a different approach this time round in that you've uh, engaged the services of other musicians, which is... Again, something you've been doing in your previous winter tapes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there ever, uh, blah, 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 blah. sorry, excuse me. Was there ever a thought of uh, doing album number two, just as yourself again? That's a really good question.
1: Um, I don't know if you remember when I told you about to your heart's content, the uh, the first album, the first full length album, um, which I... is
0: really good. You should go and buy it, by the way. Thank you.
1: Um, well, <laughs> um, I found it kind of lonely, and it lacked energy by the end of the production process for that, because it was like, if you do everything... Because, like you say, I'm a big fan of Prince, so I like the first Foo... The first Foo Fighters album, the you first know. first Foo Fighters album. <laughs> Wait, Apparently you, Dave Grohl's from Liverpool. You know, we played everything on the record, you know. Um, but, uh... Yeah. I like that, so I was like, let me try that, let me try and do that. I was like, I can kind of play drums and I can... All that sort of stuff. I was like, I'll just want to try and see if I can just do it. So... Um, I tried that and like I say, it was like, it's kind of an isolating process, like not really working with anyone. It, the best part of the album process, as far as like the experience, was that day you and I went into the into the studio. and
0: When you were just recording Clover, just apropos of like, you know, got another track to fill.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I had the 10th track to do and, and then I did Clover. And then which song did we do of yours? The Plan, was
0: it? We did The Plan and we did some piano bits for Tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And so that just made me think, like, it's more fun when you work with other people. But I don't normally work with other people because because I, I don't know, how do I put this? Like, when I have an idea for a song or whatever, I just kind of bash it out. I just kind of, you know, take the necessary steps from to get it complete. Yeah. And um, usually it doesn't really involve other people, but I like the, the process of, like, doing stuff with other people where I can get your ideas on things and get other people's ideas and just throw it in, but I wanted a way that it could be done where I could still produce it the way way I wanted to without too much overt collaboration. Mm. And, um, so, I kind of landed at this, this idea of using this website called Fiverr. And, um, I might have even spoke, uh, on the show. We mentioned
0: this on the Billy's Courage interview segment, which, um, you know, we'll probably get to in more depth later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of like the main reason you sort of thought to involve other people this time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I say, I wanted a way to involve other people where I could get their ideas and it would sound great and everything, but where it, it was kind of at arm's length. And I know how bad that sounds and stuff, but I'm a bit of a you know, control freak
0: or whatever when it comes to this stuff. Because I think the only time that you've had, like, a 70s-style recording where, like, you're in the room playing with other musicians is when we did maybe On Board. Where We had, like, a live bass and live drums on the day.
1: Yeah, that was kind of uh, one of the first incarnations of me thinking, I really want to work with other people. Um, but then that... Actually, that's quite a good um, jumping-off point, in, in a sense, because that was a fun day. You, I mean, you know, we both had a really good day that day, recording those four tracks for the Maybe Board EP. But the actual production at the end didn't turn out that good, in my eyes, at least, because it, the mix wasn't that great, and... Uh, I don't know, well, basically, once you record everyone together in a room, you're kind of stuck with that recording. You can do little things, but you can't really alter the sound greatly. And I like to have a lot of control over what I can do with the mix. So, like, if you record everything with overdubs, you can completely take things out without a trace, and you can boost things up that, you know, weren't there before. Um, so that was kind of a first incarnation of, of how I wanted um, to work with other people. But then once I found Fiverr, and I realised I could work with, you know, people... Even abroad, people worldwide kind of uh, appealed to me a lot. Hell of a lot.
0: Hell of a lot. Yeah. Well, that's some good background for that one. I think if we start moving on through the tracks and then we'll sort of discuss things as they come up. So, cool. Uh, first one, uh, assuming you haven't changed the track list since you said made the rough demos.
1: No, no, no. Uh, i am pretty much you know, got the same things on my computer
0: as you got there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, the first track is Invest.
2: Can't tell a dream Waking up in a place where familiar shapes seem like a second country
0: Vest has been through quite a number of changes like literally the other night you were just sending me like intro after intro after intro to try and make it like the best it can be in fact I it's got to the point now where I genuinely can't remember what the intro is <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was before like, um, yeah. I, I can remember like two or three of the options you've been set, you sent me and then I you know the one I've been playing in the car all week um, is that something you tend to do a lot with your interests also try and get them sort of as good as they can be or is this like a slightly unusual case for you
1: yeah I gen generally i like the first song to be like to really appeal to people's lack of t- attention span and you know i mean i don't know like if you if you're going through youtube or facebook or whatever it is and you see an album by somebody you've never heard of and you go right i'm going to give it a chance because i feel like, generous with my time what are you going to give it 20 seconds tops usually yeah like,
0: it's not the time for doing like wish uh, shine on you crazy diamond is it no exactly so that first track if
1: somebody goes i, I will because they're doing me a favour if they check anything out. Like, if they, they click it. I want it to be so tight and engaging and quick-moving so that you get a lot of information within the first 20, 30 seconds. So, yeah, um, it's been through so many changes. Basically, this song... Um, we'll plug in little audio sounds so people can hear a, a little something at some point. But um, I sent it to you, Declan. Um, I sent it to a couple of other people as well. I just said, what do you think I should do to make it sound its best? And then I kind of, like got everyone's opinions and kind of like put it in a pot and I came up with a mix I liked or so I thought and then yesterday I was listening to the like the final final mixes for the album I was like oh, I still not quite there so I sent it to Chris who Lunacy you know our,
0: our friend who's been on the podcast before. Oh, I was talking with him this morning yeah you're saying you sent him something.
1: Yeah it was it was invested <laughs> that's the one song of on the album that's been It's sounding good, but it's just, I really want it to sound as good as it possibly can. So um, it starts with these, like, kind of Beach Boys-esque vocals all over the place, like a bunch of um, harmonies. And um, I've sent it to him to see if he can just up the ante on that, because you know how good he is with those vocal passages in his own song, so...
0: In DVDs, yeah. It also features quite a cool um, organ sound somewhere in it. Um, I have no idea where now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you were saying like you were influenced by like the Who on that one.
1: That's right, yeah. Um, I watched this um, in my recommended on YouTube. I came across this um, video, uh, which was uh, Pete Townsend on how he came up with the what's the song called? Won't get fooled again organ sound. Yeah,
0: that, that... before the guitars kick in. And basically what I did is took the output of the organ, put it through a um, a filter,
1: which, which is what they call, it's on sample and hold. You get these random voltages coming out and a voltage sweep. Just a simple kind of synthesizer, um, um, normal standard sound, which a lot of people will be familiar with. Yeah, and I mean, that's such an iconic, cool sound. And obviously it's tremolo, but I didn't realize quite what he did with it all. So he got an actual, like a Hammond organ or something like that. And then he put it through this synthesizer rig. So, like, it has that slightly more synthetic sound. So it's not just like an old-fashioned organ, but slightly more synthetic sound. And then put that through a um, a constant tremolo filter, which was playing in eighth notes. Mm. And then when he played a chord, instead of going... It'd be like which is such a cool sound. And I watched that and I was like, I need something a bit more energetic to start off this song, Invest, which I was working on at the time. I was like, what if I just start the whole thing with like... I didn't do it quite the same because I don't have a Hammond organ. I don't have the cool synthesis stuff that he has.
0: This is the downside of being poor.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I got my my first tremolo preset (laughs) in Logic and I... I ran my sample-based organ through it, and uh, that's basically the beginning of the song.
0: That's pretty cool. It's It gives it a real energy. There's also a really nice chord movement in that song. Like, uh, it's, it's really good.
1: I Thank think. you. I mean, that's another thing that kind of comes to mind with, um, with wanting to start an album on an interesting note, or at least an engaging note or whatever, um, where, you, you know, I've spoken before on the podcast about... Uh, diatonic and non-diatonic chords yes um so diatonic being if you're playing in the major scale
2: um
1: you're only using the chords attached
0: to that so so for example you would be using in the key of b you would be using b c sharp minor uh d sharp minor e f sharp uh g sharp minor and a sharp diminished yes exactly um
1: so i wanted to do something that demonstrated a sort of diatonic melody, but with non-diatonic chords, even from the very start of the song. You know, so... um, The song is uh, in B major. And then the the intro verse kind of consists of only three chords. So you've got B major, and then C sharp major 7. Lovely sound. And then the minor 4, E minor. Back to the 1. So already, you know... um, Speaking theoretically here for a second, the four of the major scale, diatonically, is normally E major, you know, because the four is a major in the major scale, so... Yeah. But to to use the minor, you're using um, what's called a minor plagal cadence, which was um, used in some religious music back in the day and by the Beatles quite yeah, I was, often. I was
0: going to say, it's a quite a trick they often do at the end of their... Um... Uh, versus, like, a good example is the end of the verse to Nowhere Man. Mm. Nowhere Man, can you see me at all? can oh, you see me at all? Yeah,
1: that's, um... I mean, that, that's so good for using that. And then the two, um, the
0: C-sharp... Am I right in saying that? Yeah, C-sharp, uh, seven. C-sharp, seven, yeah. Oh, it's not major seven, and that would be, um... Major se- Major seven is, um... Uh, with the... In this case, it would be with the C in there.
1: That's right, yeah. Um, So, um, although you would normally be playing... What am I trying to say? The two would normally be minor, and it now looks major. So, yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's just a bit of difference, you know.
0: Like, uh, just to demonstrate, like... Like, uh, that chord sequence played diatonically would be... to Mm -hmm. what it is is... it's a little thing but it really creates like a very signature sound which Mm -hmm. I just love your chord sequences when they do that
1: thank you I mean the thing is with non-diatonic chord sequences when they're used well is is the fact that they give so much more flavour I always think of the the minor 4 which is um, that really sad sounding chord which is in that progression, as just being either very romantic, or, or you could write a song about heartbreak and use a lot of that. Um, it's quite a tragic chord, but then in in the context of the rest of it, like the the major one, I think about this stuff too much. <laughs>
0: the major one. You're doing a songwriting it, podcast. You're meant to. <laughs> it's it, it's
1: the it's such a root. It's like coming home, all that stuff, and then the the two seven, you know, uh, two seven chord. Um, is uh is so hopeful and triumphant, followed by this heartbreaking minor four back to the one. It just creates this lovely cycle of emotion even within the first ten seconds.
0: You know, it's it's very cleverly done. Like I I do just love it.
1: Well, it's it's not so. I don't really even want to take credit for it. It's not even. It's, I don't see it as clever. I just see it as music's so cool. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. you know
0: I mean? Look at what you can do with these. Yeah. But yeah, that's a pretty cool song. I do like that to open up the album.
1: It's got a big bang, you know. Yeah, that's kind I, of the I main just, reason.
0: I just love the explosion of guitars on that. Like, um, you know I me, mean, I'm a sucker for when anything just goes big and bombastic out of nowhere. Um, talking about something that's quite the opposite of bombastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, track number two, the wound.
2: Somebody died across the street today in the neighborhood. Something clicked and slide that I'd been rolling. Like a stone toward a gold that I had never seen before, and it had plans of doing damage. I'm getting far too
1: old. The Wound, yes. Um, The Wound was the very last track I wrote for the album. I finished it like literally two weeks ago or so. I think it's also the shortest. It must be, yeah. It's it's... It's 122
0: I've got on my phone.
1: It's literally. It starts with vocal and guitar, there's no guitar intro or anything, it's just you're in, you know, and then it's uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, done, you know, so it's like, it's a very, it's uh, very much inspired by the sequencing for the Killers album, Sam's Town, uh, which starts with um, the song Sam's Town, and then you have uh, interlude, which is this we hope you enjoy your stay, which is a cool thing to have on an album anyway, too, kind of Welcome the audience in, yeah. but it's so short and so acoustic that after Soundstown, which is this giant bombastic thing, you suddenly have this moment of complete intimacy with the band.
0: It's kind of a similar trick that uh, it's always Queen examples I use, but like um <laughs> at the beginning of Night at the Opera, you have like Death on Two Legs, which is big, angry, bombastic, mm. going right down to musical and that tiny piano for lazing on a Sunday Afternoon.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I think that's such a cool thing it's to demonstrate contrast within the first two songs of an album i'm not even talking about my album or anything just an album is such a cool thing to do
0: well you and i are sort of fans of bands that are kind of like genre roulette to use the tv tropes term like uh,
2: Mm.
0: you know one minute it'll be soul one minute it'll be funk one minute it'll be heavy metal one minute it'll be you know something else yeah uh which you know i think there's a bit of it on this album which i think you know Maybe not as much as one of your winter tapes, which are literally just, like, collections of recordings you've done throughout the year, but I think that's pretty cool. Uh, One thing I did think when I heard this one the first time, it's very Simon and Garfunkel. I was expecting, like, uh, the harmony voice to come in halfway through.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, um... I mean, you know, anyone who listened to this podcast before knows I'm a huge Paul Simon fan. I love his songwriting. And, uh... Lyrically, it's, um... It's a weird one, lyrically, you know? It's, um again, we'll play a clip, I'm sure, at some point, but um, I don't know if somebody did die across the street. Right here, where we're recording, you know, across the road from me. Mm. Um, But (laughs) I don't want to sound insensitive at all, but what I'm saying is that kind of inspired the whole song, really. Um, I saw that uh, somebody was moving out their stuff across the road, and I think that they're just unwell, you know. Yeah. And um, I saw this, and I it's supposed to be sort of like, once you see somebody who's unwell, it kind of puts your own life in perspective, you know what I mean? Mm. And you kind of go, oh, okay, I've got my whole life ahead of me, I'm well, it makes you grateful, you know? And uh so that's kind of what the song was about. And uh sort of, a, yeah, a good start to the album, I suppose, because it makes you think about, right, okay, I'm alive, what direction am I going to take? That's basically what the song is about.
0: Because you basically had, like if not necessarily feel good words and a very feel good vibe out of invest and very Mm. like energetic compared to like something more for lack of a better term like sober and Mm. like reflecting like you know on your position within society um baby I'm blind baby you're blind (laughs) (laughs) baby I'm blind (laughs) baby you're blind that's track number three here
2: I would have thought by now you'd be here But maybe you're over the hill Treading a parallel line to me Where did I get this God he Reality owes me a favor And God should have made me a starring lead I thought of leaving oh, but all of the reason I could find did nothing but tease me was was
0: so this one again it's had a little bit of uh, variation on the intro but it's I think it's right I think I'm right in saying it's one of the ones you've written outside the weekly song podcast same with mm-hmm. the wound that's right and yeah invest actually the first and three invest yeah. Actually, ah. I think the pack is outside the uh, weekly song podcast as well. It's
1: outside the podcast, but it was a weekly song yeah, as you, far as... you
0: wrote that in, f- like, a day when we said we were going <laughs> to do one before the podcast. I never got round to it, and uh, you <laughs> did it in seconds, you get. But we're uh, getting off topic. Um... <laughs> Can I call you a guest to get Git guest. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm half of here always, so are you. Oh yeah, true. Um, yeah, Baby You're Blind... It's very, um, it's quite interesting in no, triple not. meter.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Um, it's a funny old one with timing, and it's the one where I had to give the most notes to Hitty Sticks, um, the drummer I work with. Um, you sort of
0: become like your resident drummer at this point. He's big fantastic.
1: Time. He's so good, isn't he? Yeah.
0: I hope he hears this. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but He'll have been turned off by the intro, just like... These guys aren't serious at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, that was a weird one Because the song is basically in 6-8 Am I right in saying that?
0: Uh, I would have said so, yeah, yeah It's so, definitely in triple metre So no, Cause, Yeah, because 3-4 is
1: Yeah, exactly So um, I'm just going to butcher this quickly So um, you got this feel that's like
2: I would have thought by now It'd be time You know,
1: you can hear the feel though and then yeah. by the time you get to the chorus
2: But baby you're blind as I am to the day that they close up there.
1: And you can kinda of, that was terrible singing, but you can kinda of hear I'm hitting kinda of like one,
0: two, three, four You're emphasizing like the uh, two meter as opposed to the triple.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also there bits on the song where you got like the main rhythm going And then you go. So, like, you kind of got like, it's hard to describe, but it's almost like verging on a triplet feel once you got the 4 4 feel. So, what I'm saying is, Hitty Sticks probably had a nightmare and hates me for trying to get him to do this song, you know?
0: <laughs> well, but. if you are listening, leave a comment about uh, your experience uh, playing on that track. <laughs> but yeah, the timing was kind of hard to get, but I.
1: It's the third track, isn't it? It's the third track, This yeah. isn't the first time I've I've made the third track a three, four or three feel type of song. Because I think... Um, as It's You
0: is on, on body uh, On To Your Heart's Content was the third track, I think. I've
1: done it another time as well, I think. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was a little subconscious thing. But, yeah, Baby You're Blind, um...
0: No. Oh. But it's uh, one that I... Well, I'm going to talk about the sound of the album on... Uh some of the other tracks as well but like it's the first one that sort of demonstrates i think what the sound of the album is like gonna be mostly throughout Mm -hmm. and it's quite a lovely sound it's this really nice mix of like 70s rock with like orchestras and then you've got like the vibraphone going for all through it and it's just this lovely blend of like hard and soft
1: yeah it's um when you say it sets the tone for how the album sounds sonically, what do you what do you mean exactly? I'm well like just a,
0: Invest is quite bombastic mm. and it's uh like very like you say, it's an attention grabber as opposed to mm. like saying this is what the rest of it will sound right. like. Right, okay. Compared so to mean. the wound, which is like just you and an acoustic guitar, basically. Yeah. Uh, this is more like uh the first one that sort of has a major feel of the album.
1: I know what you mean actually, yeah.
0: Uh, it's uh but it's quite a unified sound throughout like even invest has like elements uh that feature throughout the rest of it. Mhm. So is that like um just something that happened as the tracks came together or is that um just uh you know a conscious decision to have them sound not identical but of a theme?
1: Uh sonically you mean. Yeah. Um yeah, it's um I think some of it you just you can't take credit for, you can't really explain it, it's just the sense that when you record an album and it takes let's say six months a year whatever it is that six months or a year you're surrounded by a certain array of instruments uh you know right now you know obviously there's audio but visually
0: we're sat in my room and there's where well, you've glockenspiels. got your keyboards you've got your bass you've got your electric you've got your two acoustics um you've got your flying v over there as well <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't talk about that <laughs> but yeah i mean so i've got like this this array of instruments so the xylophone or the glockenspiel i should say um play it kind of not a big part but it kind of reoccurs and it's like woven into the album just because it's around you know mm. and um, we've spoken about this before but my favorite albums generally speaking are what i call organic they're real drums and they're real basses electric instruments real voices singing you know yeah. so i mean that's always kind of my approach to writing an album album of songs you know like something i would like to be pleased with um, so um, I mean, one of the main sonic influences, well, a few, I suppose I could name. Um, the Carpenters, you know, I'm a big Carpenters fan.
0: You've uh, got massively into them in the past couple of years. Yeah,
1: definitely. And so that was a big influence, Um, especially the live albums. There's one called Carpenters Live in Japan, which I think you could, if you were so inclined, I don't think anyone would want to do this, but um, you could kind of play that alongside the album we're talking about, that I made and kind of noticed that there's some sonic textures that are quite similar. I
2: say goodbye to love. No one ever cared if I should live or die. Time and time again, the chance for love has passed me by. And all I know of love is how to live without it. I just can't seem to find it.
1: Um. And then, of course, the Lemon Twigs, who I'm a big fan of.
0: I was going to try and avoid saying <laughs> that until later. I want to prove... It's it's a very interesting sound on this one because it's kind of like a mixture of, like, very old. Like, uh, again, you've been inspired recently by Irving Berlin and things like that as songwriters mm. compared with the ultra-modern because you've still got, like, your rock elements in there. I yeah. say ultra-modern. We're talking about the 70s. But <laughs> uh, but it's an interesting juxtaposition of styles, which I think really mm. works, and it's really unique to you. so Thank you. Yeah, it's well, I've, one of the things I've enjoyed most.
1: About it, it's cool that, like... I finally feel like I've got a sound, you know. And I don't know, how, I don't know how corny or big-headed that sounds, but I've been making stuff for ages and ages and ages. and Now I feel like, oh, I know that's what I sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... you
0: know what you can do well. Not,
1: yeah, I not suppose. to say
0: that it all sounds identical because it doesn't but you know sort of how it all works.
1: Yes, yeah, so there's a production sound to it. It sounds like someone produced it, as opposed to other stuff I've done in the past which is like, their recordings, you know?
0: Well, I suppose the thing is, as well, like, um, you have acted as a capacity as a producer as well, like, you, um, I'm assuming.
1: Yes, I yeah. suppose so, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I know you sort of uh, studied that at uh, university, I'm thinking. Yes,
1: that's yeah. right. Yeah, just was yeah, yeah. quite... <laughs> it sounded yeah. like I'm on... Yeah, I just couldn't television. remember
0: if you actually acted in that capacity for anyone other than me.
1: Not uh kind of not not properly you know, like not officially, I suppose ah fair yeah. enough, but
0: but uh, sort of getting onto to the thing of you being a producer as well, mm-hmm. um how much does that sort of affect your songwriting and your sort of what goes on the album what as as opposed to being the writer as well, but is there any conflict of interest there at all
1: no, it all feels like the same thing, really, like. The ideas kind of come all together in a way. Like when I when I write a song and the song's finished in its very very basic raw form, just you know chords, melody on a guitar or a piano. <laughs> you can hear the birds. I don't know if you can hear that at home. Um but yeah. Once you got like the the thing, and you you get this too. I know you do. Like where I'll just go right. Okay, this is a. Um, Carpenters-esque song Or, okay, this is going to have some big guitars Or this is going to have loads of vocal harmony I just kind of know So, like, there's no real conflict of interest Because I just try my best to record it the way I think it should sound in my head
0: It's sort of like relying on instinct As opposed to, like, uh, trying to view it from two separate angles
1: Yeah, absolutely I just kind of go with the flow Just what you think at the
0: time, really Cool So may as well move on to track number four Which is The Pack Ah, The Pack
2: Thinking about the young gods in the forest Where you watch them rise and fall It's seldom anyone here makes it out at all Just outside the city, he stops by the rover He peeks across the freeway and stares into the sun He says, I've got every reason Yeah,
1: I don't know if this was the first one, in fact, no, I know it wasn't it, But it was the first one I wrote that was produced in the way that kind of the, the album started to take shape in with the strings and with the strings and the business and... Um, <laughs>
0: It's more like of uh, sound with the album. Like It's the first one I think you wrote that sort of was specifically tailored for that. Um, yeah, it raises a point that I was going to sort of save till later, but I may as well mention it now seeing as it's on my mind. Okay. Uh, quite a lot of the songs you've uh, put on here, you've actually released on uh, YouTube and SoundCloud and things as singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there like... Um, any thought of holding them back for albums and things or was it just uh, like you're excited to get them out there or, you know, why, why the singles, are essentially, i Yeah, asking.
1: yeah, yeah, good question. Um, it's the first time I've done quote-unquote singles. I don't think I'm of an ilk to call them singles in the real sense, but songs I'm releasing. So the reason I did that is because when I'm working on something, I just want to release it, you know. Um, so I was like, but I want this album to be as good as it can be. So it t- will take a lot of time. So it's taken over a year at this point. Mm. Um, so I just wanted it to be really good. So I wanted to be able to complete, completely hone it and you know, sculpt it in the way I wanted to. But at the same time, have that excitement of like, hey, I've got this new thing. You know, check it out. So the moment a new song was done, that I was like, I'm really pleased with this. I was like, I'll allow myself to put that out so people can hear it. And it's just, I don't know why, but I just, I need to just... Be done with it, and then and then I can edit it later, and then the final album version might be different from the single version or something like that. You yeah, know.
0: That's leads on to a uh, question I was going to ask. How <laughs> much? You a, how much have things changed since? Uh, say for example, uh, something uh, like the next song, Billy's Courage, because uh, obviously you released that as a single quite a while ago, and we were talking about that on the podcast. How much would something like that have changed since?
1: You know what Billy's courage hasn't changed at all. That's one of the few that hasn't. The pack on the other hand has changed enormously. Oh really? Yeah, I mean the, the first version I put out which I might have even replaced online at this point after check but the first version I, I put like out George
0: Lucas destroying all the old versions <laughs> of his stuff.
1: Um, but yeah the first version I put out was like nylon acoustic guitar with with the same strings and vocal and drums and bass right. And then I thought the vocal was really weak, but the vocal was recorded at the same time as the nylon acoustic guitar. Mm. So there couldn't really be any editing done because it would affect the guitar recording as well. Of course, it was the same recording. So I added um, piano and kind of made the piano the main core instrument. So it didn't have any piano on the first release. Added piano, re-recorded guitars left and right as opposed to just one mono signal, um, and then redid all the vocals. So it's kind of a completely new version of it, um, just so I could be you know, it kind of bugged me that it was out, it was a bit out of tune and stuff. Walk away, we leave from talking, leave the room against the door, I'm
2: making money, having sex and starting a humor, because if Ricky is here, so I never like him anyway, I guess he doesn't live here anymore.
0: on to Billy's Courage I mean obviously we've talked about this one before and it is one of my favourite songs of yours uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about at the time uh, that you'd perhaps like to mention about it now or um it's the first song on the
1: album that features slide guitar
0: yes I did I was listening to this earlier just like thinking like they're so cool they just sort of slide around in the background they're like whales yeah. and moans it's
1: cool <laughs> that's a good description I like that but yeah, that features um, some slight guitar. Is the first song? I'm just checking here that features any kind of like
0: showy lead guitar. I mean, there's a little bit at the end of "Baby, You're Blind." But... Well, it's a very showy riff. Like the, you know, like I can't imagine how difficult that must have been to try and drum and count. Leave a comment if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's
1: that. I mean, that's another thing I I might mention briefly last time when we talked about Billy's courage, but. That was the one where I sent um, Hitty Sticks the demo that I made for it. And I was like, no one had really been able to do that rhythm before. And he sent me back one recording, one take, one draft, and it was perfect. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to work with this guy
0: for ages. you know. And you've actually done a whole album, as well as most of Winter Tape 7, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, and other stuff that's coming out soon that he's on too. Oh yeah, cuz he's doing P Green Boat as well. And other stuff
0: too. I mean, and he's on loads too. of stuff, yeah. Uh, let's move on to track number 6, The size of things to come. I really like this one.
1: Thank uh,
0: you. listening to it in the car for the past few days. It's a very um ELO kind of vibe, particularly when you go into the chorus. never to change. Darling, I could
2: give my life I to could you. Give my life. So
0: that mix of uh strings and acoustic guitar and a beautifully played electric i must say um it's quite an unusual collection of instruments like uh, acoustic electric and strings with no like real rhythm uh section to it so far as i could, or no obvious rhythm section to it as yeah. far as i could tell uh, again was that just something that just occurred naturally over the recording or was that did you have plans to like do like a Should we say a more bombastic version of that? Or, you know, how did that come about?
1: Well, um, I was just sat around one evening um, on the sofa and uh, I was just kind of playing an electric guitar. I was just kind of... And I just had that, just kind of watching TV and playing this. And then I was just thinking about, like... It's one of the songs that was kind of born out of something I was actually thinking about... Um, at the time, which is basically when you sort of again sort of like the wound. You, when you think about someone you love, and you think they're not going to be around forever, mm. and how much they've done for you, and how positive they can be for you, you know. Mm. Um, so that's what kind of what the lyrics were. But as far as the the production of it, and if there was anything, um, I knew I wanted it to be an acoustic song. So it was never going to have drums. I ne- that never really crossed my mind. Um, I suppose the general production of it was. Quite inspired by just the fact that I I had done the pack before this one because this is the one I recorded right after the pack, and I knew that um, I could get some cool strings on it, and so I. We sort
0: of end up featuring quite a lot throughout the album, like some beautiful strings work on this. Oh, one. it's
1: amazing! Yeah, um, Pedro and Miguel Vargas are the guys who do the strings, and so I knew it would be acoustic guitar and strings. And so the first, way I first did it was just an acoustic guitar, one vocal. And the strings, I was like, that'll do. I listened back to it and I was like, I, I think my voice sounds kind of weak when it's just the voice, you know? So I like to add overdubs and stuff so it's kind of a bit more produced um, so that I'm happier with it. And then I sent it to, to Joe, Joe O'Neill, who I work with quite often, and he added backing vocals. And... Uh, but I suppose, like, production-wise, it was quite inspired by things like uh, If You Give Enough, which is on The Lemon Twigs Go To School, which is the first single from that, and probably came out at a similar time, so consciously and subconsciously probably influenced. Which uh, is an production. achievement
0: to have both at the same time. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> or one or the other. Uh, so that That's very much, like, piano, strings, guitar. You know, there's just, like you say, no rhythm section to speak of, mm. but just very delicate and very nice. Um Again, a song like Goodnight by the Beatles, that's the kind of song I really love. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of just ballads, you know, with with strings, and I think it's a really...
0: Well, it's quite interesting you mentioned Goodnight, because there's... Um, uh, I'm going to do some advertising for the Beatles now, but uh, if you listen to the big box set version of the White Album,
1: yeah.
0: you can hear, like, demos of them, like, trying out different guitars and drums and things, like, on Goodnight to try and get yeah. it. And it eventually just morphed into, like, piano and strings. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to sort of see the progression of things like that. I think... As well as, like, you know, the progression of, like, works that you're creating at the moment.
1: It's a cool thing with some songs. It's like... They always have a life of their own or a will of their own. Like, you mm. go, right, we're going to add some drums to this. And the song's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you like, want, mate? It's just... Piano and vocal and maybe strings, you know, maybe strings to augment that. But that's it. You know, that's all the song wants to be. And some songs need more breathing space than others. Mm. And I guess this was one of them, just one that was just like, just really stripped back. I mean, also like the, the subject matter of like, you know, not wanting to lose somebody and that sort of thing. Mm. Kind of, to me at least, it dictates a um, a more delicate Tone to the song.
0: Yeah, you could thrash out that message, but then you sort of risk going counter to the message.
1: Mm, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, but talking of flashing things out, the grand old market, which has some brilliant military-style drumming in the middle of it, which it's I great, just, isn't it? I just—it always gets me excited every single time.
2: Congratulations, you too. I laughed all night. Free service by How you change my mind. They can't see what they can't find. What are you doing when you're older? Do you contribute to the grand old market? We want to see
0: it. It's probably the closest. Uh You come on here to like a full on musical theater number, which, you know, (laughs) I I said, like, when you did this on the podcast site, I can just imagine this in a stage show.
2: Did Sarah say why she called 10,000 miles away, 12 years too soon? I'm stranded in debt to you. What are you doing when you're older? Do you contribute to the grand old market? We want to see you looking stronger. I've got a feeling about
0: you. Yeah, talk a little bit about how this one developed from the weekly song podcast version to the version that you can hear today.
1: Okay, so I was trying to write about feeling isolated. I or just not fitting in, in the world around you, sort of thing. Mm. I was thinking, what better way to do that than to have this sort of, like, uh, quote-unquote character in this new town where, you know, he's got people all around him going, we want the best for you, you know. You know, what are you, you going to do when you're older, you know? Do you do you contribute to the society you're in? All that sort of stuff. So I thought, rather than Essentially,
0: say... the question every creative gets asked at least six points in their life.
1: <laughs> and I thought rather than, like... I thought it would be quite on the nose to literally ask those questions in a song. So I thought, make it into a kind of musical number, you know? Um, so then I thought, oh, the Grand Old Market could be this part of the world that this album is is about. Um, and the Grand Old Market is actually on the album artwork, um, as are a few of the other places.
0: Well, if you spot them all, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please write them on a and send them on the postcard to... Uh one two three fake street Springfield. There <laughs> we are boys, one two three fake street. Sorry. How <laughs> to derail something okay. in two seconds flat.
1: But then, you know, obviously um I mean this is just such a good showcase for the other people I was working with at the time, like um Itunu Hitty Sticks, his um his drums stuff, he completely came up with the whole thing. I was like I said to him, look, there's a really simple one, can you just 'Cause I said in the guitar demo, can you just have a, a hi-hat on the uh the two on the four in the verses? And he kinda does that sometimes, but like he came back to me with like he's like you say, military drumming and all this stuff and um, completely changed it around And then I sent it... Oh, no, I remember remember one thing about this. Um, When I was in Germany, um, uh, touring with a band I was with last year, I was working on the song, but I didn't have... All I had was drums and guitar and vocal at the time, and I think bass, which I could mix in if I wanted to. Yeah. And I I would go to this cafe on my day off um, and just, like, mix what I had of the album so far. And then I got... um, I think it was Pedro who did this one. I got all the Pedro's strings and flutes back on the same day and all the Joe's backing vocals on the same day. So I sat in this cafe and I put my headphones on and I dropped every file into it and I just, I didn't even listen but I kind of like mixed it how I thought it should sound. I pressed play and like suddenly it was just alive, you know, like these strings and these flutes and amazing backing vocals. That was it's, such
0: a cool thing. It's that wonderful moment where everything sort of comes together and you think, oh, crap, yeah, I've got something here. <laughs> yeah.
2: I to see you looking
1: stronger. I mean, so that's just showcase for how good those guys were. Um, yeah, I, I can't really think of too much what else to say about that one, but I like that one. I, I think that's one of the coolest ones. Or like.
0: I quite like as well as the backing vocals on the chorus. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all cool. Um, Moving on to the next song, Ordinary Pain. I think this is probably the most Queen esque of uh, your recordings, but it's also when you started on the podcast.
2: Mm. If I could get a message in time to you, I'd falter at every line. Merry at the table, but just behind the smile, something is broken. The time. If you need a helping hand, you know where you can
0: find your um, Yeah. So it's really good. I don't have <laughs> a question I don't you. have a question <laughs> for this one. I just really like the song. Uh so <coughs> any thoughts that you might want to uh put towards a recording or like the inspiration or the writing for this one? uh yeah would you like to do my job for me <laughs> I, I suppose so let me just think
1: so the main thing that comes to mind with this one is um i don't know where it came from um but the the fact that it modulates i really like like the verse is in e major and yeah. the chorus is in b major and then goes back to e major for the verse
0: which it's this... quite a nice turnaround you've got on how to do that we'll probably put a link in the description of the relevant episode of the
1: yeah podcast. yeah true but um, I, was, I was playing around quite a lot with the diminished scale and the chords that you could put around that, especially minor chords in the diminished scale, mm. which sounds all jargony, but it just sounds so cool, and that's what the bridge of that song does. It
0: really gives you that kind of um, classic, like old standard kind of feel to mm. a song.
1: Mm. And I love that. I love the use of diminished runs and chords and stuff in, in a pop song or a rock song.
0: You and I were just listening to a load of uh, interesting. I said it was like a Queen song. Like we were listening to things like the demos of Dreamers Ball and things like that the other day. It's just like no one's brave enough to put diminished chords in songs anymore. <laughs> it's a shame
1: too because they're they're the best and they're they're the most ear catching to me. When I hear somebody's song and they've got diminished chords in the song, especially in like in a cool place in the progression, it just
0: immediately draws me in. I love it so much. Well, what I quite like is when you sort of like you you've. oh oh, this song's cool I'm just going to go on to ultimate guitar find the chords have a quick bash through see if I can sing it and you realise that there are diminished chords in there and you never realise just because they fit in place so well Mm, it's that kind of moment you think holy crap they know what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) but this is really natural rise for it
1: and uh, it's just that was kind of an accident when I was writing I was like it's one of those things where I don't know. I mean, anyone who writes songs out there who's listening, like, you get these little changes sometimes in your vocabulary, completely by accident, mind you, where you go, oh, wow, songwriting's that much bigger now. You know, now from going on, yeah. my songs can be that much cooler. Now, time to write 20 songs with this chord in them. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for the, the grand old ordinary pain. <laughs> that's all you like to call it. <laughs> uh,
0: fugitives. Is ah. the next one. It's the last new one for the album, but it's not the last track.
2: Several times in my wretched life I have taken pills which made me small
0: Just as I've been listening to this one in the car, because it starts with that lovely piano line, I just keep thinking in my head, Fugitives, this is Fugitives, (laughs) (laughs) it's the name of the song. (laughs) So, again, not a useful, valid uh, contribution to what is essentially an advert for your work, but just that's been going around my head insanely the past few days
1: well that's not as bad as what my my sister does whenever like she's singing the song or whatever she goes um oh i could fall into open arms and be paralyzed
2: or just the same from the waist down
1: <laughs> oh, dear. and she refers to fugitives that song as from the waist down
0: which i think is Oh, there right, okay, before this one goes on general, so you're gonna to have to put that in brackets at the end of the <laughs> song. Just anyone who's not heard this will be utterly confused. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, am I right in saying this was not a weekly song? Or was it?
1: No, it wasn't. No, this is one of the ones like Baby You're Blind and that that was written kind of
0: as a little island addendum. song. Addendum. Add an addendum So uh so where does the, where did the lyrics come from on this one? Um <laughs> I'm trying to think I see several times you can hear this like the gears in his brain working,
1: well, I mean, it's kind of like this thing McCartney says sometimes, like he, sometimes you don't set out to write a song about a thing. It's just like Martha, my dear, though I spend my days in conversation, like he didn't go right, time to write a song about someone I know called Martha, and how I. it's like. Those are just the words that came. And so, several times in my wretched life, I have taken pills that made made me small. Doesn't really mean that much, if you're honest, But then
0: it can mean something, uh, depending on how much you read into it.
1: Well,
0: exactly. I mean, I won't
1: even speculate as to what it means. I mean, I guess it means something to me, but... And then from there, it's tricky, because, like, it does kind of mean something, but it doesn't. But... Here's the important thing. It matches the chords and it creates an emotional tone for the song. It doesn't really matter what it means. It, it creates that tone that you want to... Yeah, the
0: words fit with. the melody.
1: Yeah. And um, and then by the time you get to the second verse, it's a completely different topic of of where the title Fugitives comes from, of, like, um, if things go wrong for you, person I love, um, then we'll change our names and my wigs.
0: <laughs> I do love that line. <laughs> uh, there's just one more thing I just want to... Back, uh, I think it's Baby You're Blind. There's a great line in that. Just I just want to say how much I appreciate it. Um, uh, the universe owes me a favour, and God should should have made me a starring lead. I just <laughs> love that line so much. I also love the Wiggs line from that, but it just kicked me off back to that one. Thank you. Uh, you've mentioned uh, people you love quite a few times through that album. Is that fair to say that you know they're a, that's sort of part of the inspiration for it? Uh, the album itself. Uh, yeah, or, or like uh, inspiration for a lot of the songs. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I suppose, um, I don't know, as you know, although
0: we do a songwriting podcast, I'm always a bit loath to
1: yeah. go into it. But well, you, yeah. you
0: don't have to. You can say, shut up, Declan, let's move on to the next thing if you want to.
1: No, but it, I suppose it's interesting to sort of like reflect on, in a way, because I suppose the reason it talks about people I love quite often is because of... You know, the fear of losing people. I suppose they're called quite universal things, is what I'm saying. Yeah. fear of losing people, the things people can show you about yourself that you might not want to know or that you might want to grow, uh, you know, in relation to. Um, and then also sort of fitting in to a world with or without them. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Those if, are the thoughts I had in my little head. That's fair
0: enough. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to the last one, uh, which is a really interesting one. It's the least I could do. There's
2: a first time
0: for everything. The Least I Can Do was originally released on Winter Take Four and it's one of my favourite songs if not my favourite song of yours so far. Thank you. Um, why revisit it now? Because I
1: didn't I didn't think it was I didn't think it was as good as it could have been on the last
0: time it was recorded. The last time was so far as I remember it's uh based around piano and like there uh, wasn't as much instrumentation towards it as there is on the Damn new it. version.
1: I've always really liked the song it's one of the ones where like most songs you kind of like you record and you release or you put out and then like a year later you're like yeah it was all right but that one I always I was always like this is a good song and I just want to do it justice. So, when it came time to record this album, and I realized I had like a good bunch of people who I could work with, you know, like good drums on it and all that sort of stuff and strings, um, I was like, I'm going to re record it now just because I like it, really. I mean, that's as simple as that, really. That's
0: fair enough. Uh, In the process of like, uh, you know, recreating it or like creating it again, were you tempted to sort of. stay close to what you'd recorded before, or was it a conscious decision to stay away from that, or were you just sort of, as you mentioned earlier, letting the song lead you?
1: Mostly letting the song lead me. Um, I knew that if I was going to do it again, I'd want it with drums, so... That brings along a lot of stuff with it. So that means, like, if there's drums, there's going to be bass. If there's bass, is going to be guitars. If there's guitars, there's going to be lead guitars. If there's lead guitars, there's probably
0: going to be backing vocals. Who should I get to do the backing vocals? Well, Joe, of course. And yeah. things like that, you know? And then you have other things, like, if it's going to be on this album, you may as well, like, include all of the other players as well. Like, mm. you know, because it, it's sort of the two thoughts grow out of each other, I'm assuming.
1: Absolutely, yeah, very much so. Uh,
0: and uh, which version do you prefer? This one. Fantastic. The, <laughs> sa- mean, the proper other... salesman there. I, I mean, it'd would... be terrible if, you, like, if I asked that and you said, like, I still prefer the one to take
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I haven't learnt a thing. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I've gone backwards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's awful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like this one. It's always nice to have a bit of harmonised lead guitars on things, you know, and I've got a bit of that on that. Yes, so. yes.
0: Guitar-monies. Guitar-monies. Uh, I completely concur from that. Uh, but yeah, that is one of my favourite songs of yours. Thank you. Of all time. Was kind of you. Uh, so we've discussed every song on the album now. Is there anything else you want to say about the album, uh, that we perhaps haven't mentioned as we've gone through song by song?
1: Uh, I suppose what comes to mind is crediting some people, um... Just as a jump-off point, might make me think of other things. So the artwork is done by a friend of mine called John Mann. And uh, by the time this is out, I guess we should release this like when the album comes out, something like that.
0: Yeah. When the album comes out, yeah, so that we can just say to people at the end,
1: "Go and buy it."
0: Oh yeah. Because that's the whole (laughs) point of this exercise. (laughs) I I didn't come up with this, Um, but yeah. So John. I, I am forcing him to do this, by the way.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a willing guinea pig.
0: That's the name of your next album. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the podcast title.
1: But yeah, John Mann did the artwork, and the funny thing, the funny thing with podcast math is people who have, are listening to this and are interested, they've seen it, and I haven't. Yeah. Like, I've seen the earlier drafts, but anyway, so he did it, and he's doing a great job, and he will have done a great job by the time it's out. Um, and then Hitty Sticks is on drums... Um, Joe O'Neill on backing vocals. George Pilgrim on backing vocals. Um, Which songs is he on? George Pilgrim is on Baby You're Blind and The Ordinary Pain. I don't know I'm pointing as if the microphone can see.
0: Yeah, Um, I've got the album up on my phone just for reference mm -hmm.
1: there. So he's on, yeah, Ordinary Pain and Baby You're Blind for backing vocals. Joe is on Invest, The Pack... Size of things to come, the grand old market, and it's the least I could do, back in vocals-wise. Um, all the drums you hear is hitty sticks. Um, I do bass, guitar, keys, and vocals, and glockenspiel. And, spiel. and um, I feel like I'm forgetting people. I mean, obviously, the strings, you know. Pedro's on Fugitives, <laughs> that's Pedro Gomez. <laughs> um... The thing is, like Declan's pointing to a piece of paper I have behind me with things on it, but that refers to stuff that's not on this album, oh, okay, so it's kind right. of irrelevant.
0: Um, I, just, I thought it might help. <laughs> anyway,
1: it's all on it's all on the the Bandcamp page. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say is everyone did a really
0: really good job. Well done, well done, well done. Well, I concur. It's a fantastic piece of work, and Thank um, you. if somehow we didn't lose all the viewers <laughs> in the world, all, all the listeners in the world from the beginning of this podcast. Um, Where can they go and find this? Um, The best place
1: you can go and get it is rogerheathers.com, which is my Bandcamp site. And uh, if you buy it from there, it means that um, it's it's just as cheap for people to buy it from the website Hmm. um, as it is to buy it from anywhere else. But uh, the money goes directly to the artist whenever you buy from Bandcamp. So that's obviously something I would condone um you can also find it on spotify on apple music on amazon uh, youtube soundcloud just pretty much everywhere it's, i'm just going to put it everywhere but um, bandcamp is the one that rogerheathers.com the bandcamp is uh, the one i'd really love um you know to to promote
0: and there so. you've got all the rest of your material like all the rest of your eps uh, all the winter tapes your demos of weekly songs mm. and uh, as well as your other album to your heart's content
1: yes and uh, yeah
0: so it can all be bought there, but yeah,
1: it's streamable everywhere as well. So Um but the main thing is, uh if you do listen to it and you do like it, um, first of all let me know what you think because I really like feedback, even if it's negative. Um, but especially if it's negative. No. Um
0: Especially, <laughs> especially. but Especially Lisa. But especially
1: And also share it with people, because that's probably the best thing you can do for anyone's music.
0: Hmm. Well, I know I'll be sharing quite, uh, the album quite a lot and maybe this podcast, depending on how well we can edit the beginning of it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers all that we have to say for that one. Which, mm. um, yeah, anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't mentioned? Only thank you to you for doing this. It's really nice of you. Oh, well, it's... Well, you sat opposite your biggest fan. I'm always going to be happy to sit here and try and talk about your music, even if, like, towards the end I was just going... what have you got to say about this
1: (laughs) isn't he lovely folks what a lovely guy
0: but uh yeah it's uh it's a great piece of work and i do quite like it thank you very much Um, and like i say i think the the whole sound of it is something very specific to you which i love thank you um so i think that's about it for this episode of the weekly song podcast with no weekly songs (laughs) um I think we're planning to maybe get this started back up in the next couple of months. That is the regular podcast where we each write yeah. a song every week. Yes, uh, But we'll keep you posted on that one. Yes, uh, expect more podcasts, basically, but details to come. Yeah. And uh, if you wanted to ask Roger a question about the album, you can either go to his Facebook page uh, or you can email us at the theweeklysongpodcast at gmail.com Uh, Or if you just want to get in contact with anything else you've heard, um, you can also leave a comment below as well to let us know what you think. And if you are on iTunes podcasts and you find us there, please give us a review and uh, yeah, just let us know what you think. Yeah, I think that's about it for this week. That is. Apart from one thing I'd like to say, um, as always, we're
1: always open to people's songwriting and their own songs. So if, if you're listening and you'd like to send us a song for when the podcast starts back up, even if it's a couple of couple of weeks, few few weeks or whatever, send it over, we'll give it a listen and we'll talk about it on the show. And you can get us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Is that right?
0: That is correct. Right. If not, there'll be like a massively obvious uh, right close to the mic um, correction <laughs> of the fact. Yeah. It's actually the address. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I think that's it for this week. Ta ra! Ta ra!
2: I